This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to episode two of season two. Today's guest is Heather Scott. She has had alopecia since the age of three. Over the last year, Heather was compelled to help others who are living with hair loss, but she wasn't quite sure what that would look like. The puzzle pieces aligned, and she is here today to share about how the Helper Hair Box came to be. Heather, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm just so excited to share with the many projects that you have going on along with your personal alopecia stories. So let's just jump right in and start talking about that. Yeah, so I'll give you a background of my life with alopecia. So mine actually started at three years old. My parents had noticed a small spot at the top of my head when I was just three. And they had taken me to a doctor and they said, you know, it's it's probably nothing. The hair is probably going to grow back. So my parents didn't do anything at that point. They didn't give me any kind of treatment because I was so young and that hair eventually did grow back. And then a few years later, when I was around seven or eight, I was in class one day and a classmate of mine had said, what, what happened to your hair? And I swear it wasn't there when I left the house in the morning because my dad every morning would do my hair. So he would put my hair up in like a half clip and it would be half down. And when I was sitting in class, my classmates said like, there's no hair behind your ear. And I ran to the bathroom to check and it's almost like it fell out that day because I swear it wasn't there when I (laughs) went to school. My dad didn't see it when he put my hair up that day. And there was just a huge, massive chunk of hair missing from behind my right ear. So I was traumatized. I had no idea what was going on. And my parents never told me about that little spot they found when I was three years Mm -hmm. old. So I had no idea what was going on. I ran to the principal's office and they allowed me to go to my mom's work, which was just across the street from the school. So I ran over there like in tears. I'm like, what is happening? Like, what is wrong with me right now? And then my mom just had this look on her face, like she knew exactly what it was. And she's like, okay, we need to go to the doctor. We need to go to the dermatologist. And I grew up on a little tiny island off the coast of Newfoundland. So very remote. There's no hospitals, no doctors, really. There's like a cottage hospital. So we actually had to go off the island to see a dermatologist. And my alopecia progressed really fast by the time I ended up getting an appointment with a dermatologist. At that point, I probably lost, I would say, three quarters of my hair very rapidly. 
And uh, they started the steroid injections. I remember them being so painful and I was just traumatized by the whole experience of having injections in my scalp and not knowing what was happening to me. And then I also had a topical solution that my parents would rub on all my bald spots to try and get the hair to come back. And then kind of over the years, it would grow in and fall out, kind of always just playing catch up with the spots that were falling out. Then I ended up getting diagnosed with type 1 diabetes just a couple years after the initial alopecia. So I was kind of dealing with two autoimmune things at the same time. So I feel like my body was kind of attacking itself Mm -hmm. around that time. And then, so we ended up leaving Newfoundland and we, we moved to Toronto. When I moved here, things started to get better with my hair. My hair started growing in and it was I had pretty much enough hair that I could get away with not looking like I had alopecia. I could cover it pretty well, or I could hide it with a headband. I would get an occasional spot here and there. And then when I got to high school, all my hair fell out again. This almost completely bald by the time I got to high school. And that's when I started wearing my first wig at that point. And my mom and I would get creative and we would make little headbands and we would sew little hair tracks into headbands so I could cover up what hair I had and or what hair I didn't have. I would cover it up. So we just got really creative and crafty and I wasn't open about my hair loss to anybody, not even my best friends in high school. I kind of just kept it inside. I kept it as my thing that I was dealing with because I really didn't understand why it was happening to me. And I just never talked about it. I didn't feel comfortable talking about it. I pretended I didn't have it. And I just, I covered it up with wearing wigs and and headbands. And, you know, I went into my twenties and, you know, I went to college and I was dating and I never really ever told anybody about my hair loss. Not even people that I dated early on. I would tell them eventually, but I would never let them see me without a wig on. And then I met my husband in college and I never really told him up front about it. And then eventually I told him about my hair loss and he was totally fine with it. And that's when I became more comfortable with telling a couple people about my alopecia, but still some of my best friends that. I've had since high school that I never told about back then, I felt like almost like a fraud or like a fake that I never told them about my hair loss. And then I just felt like I had to keep up this secret and I just never came out about it to certain people that I've known for so long. And when I eventually did come out to social media about a year and a half ago about my my hair loss. Everyone was a little bit shocked, to be honest. And they're like, we never knew you wore a wig. Mm. You should have told us. And I made it a bigger deal on the inside than it ever needed to be. Like everyone has been so supportive. I couldn't have imagined that everyone would be as supportive as they have been. That's kind of my story there with my hair loss. Still to this day, because I've worn hair for a good chunk of my life, I still feel most comfortable wearing wigs or wearing a hat when I go out. I don't tend to go out with my bald head much. I'm fine being at home or like being in the yard with my kids and stuff or my my friends' kids that come over, they all see me without hair and I'm fine being online or posting pictures. But if I'm running to the grocery store, I feel most comfortable having hair or a hat on just 
I don't like attention being brought to myself when I'm just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, do my thing. So yeah. um, it's kind of the older I get, the more comfortable I'm getting with my alopecia and being okay with how I look and loving myself the way I am. That's kind of my story. Yeah. And a lot of big change started to happen for you once you came out on social media. Isn't that right? Originally, I think a year ago, you were talking about the piece that you had in the book, She is Magic, and that kind of started to propel you towards your next project. Let's talk a little bit about the book. Yeah. So it was never my life's plan to have anything to do with the hair loss industry or to be in the the wig world or anything like that. Um, I come from a corporate background. I've worked in corporate human resources for the last 15 years. And I have three young children. So while I was on maternity leave with my youngest daughter, um, I decided to open up a little wig boutique. And that kind of opened up a lot of new things for me. So the first being, I was contacted by a lady who has a publishing company, and she had this wonderful idea for a book called She is Magic. And it is with other women entrepreneurs who have risen up and who have turned their life around into making something magical. And she really wanted my story in the book. And I had no prior writing experience before this book, but I was like, you know what, people need to to hear my story and they need to know that living life without hair is totally fine. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my story out there to the world. Before this, no one had known about my hair loss. So I'm like, okay, it's a good way (laughs) to introduce my hair loss to the world by let's put it in a book for the whole world to read. So I wrote my chapter and it actually flowed really easily for me. I didn't think it would be as easy as it was, but it was very easy for me to tell my story in a chapter in this book. And it just went really well with everybody else's stories about their life and things that they've overcome in their life. And um, we put it out to Amazon and we were able to get it as a Amazon number one bestseller and an international bestseller. So that was a huge step for me. And it was a huge, huge reward. Like I never expected all of that to happen so quickly and as fast as it did, but it was really exciting and loved to write another book on my own one day. I keep adding projects to my life. So eventually I'll get around to writing my own book one day. Definitely writing a chapter about my life, my hair loss was very empowering. And the name of your boutique is Pretty Wigs to You. That is right. I had this calling a little while ago. I just had something just came over me and it, I had this feeling that I was meant to help others. And at this point, nobody knew about my hair loss. And I felt that I was supposed to help others and especially children feel okay about their hair loss and to feel beautiful with their hair loss. So my first step was, okay, I'll start this online wig boutique, but no one really has to know that I have hair loss, but I'm going to help other people. So that was my first step. And then I'm like, no one's going to know I exist if I don't come out to the world about my own hair loss and about who I am. And no one's going to be able to find me if they don't know about me. And I can't help anyone if they don't know about me. So I just did it one day. I didn't even tell my husband. I didn't tell my family. I just, one day I went on to social media and I'm like, this is my company. This is who I am. 
And I posted a side-by-side photo of me with no hair and a photo of me with a wig on. And I'm like, this is it. This is me. And I think I think I shocked a lot of people, but the response has been overwhelming. And I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they can relate to me about their hair loss. I post a lot on Instagram. There's a lot of ladies on there who aren't open about their hair loss. They do have an Instagram account dedicated just to their hair loss and to connecting with other women with hair loss. So I managed to have a a larger following of people there that loved wearing wigs and they they had some kind of hair loss, whether it was from alopecia or some other form of hair loss. And that's kind of how it all got started. I have a lot of parents who reach out to me, parents who have children with alopecia because they've heard my story of me having alopecia at such a young age and how I'm open about wearing hair and things like that. And the parents reach out to me for some advice and support on how to best help their own children, you know, with being bullied at school. I love being able to help parents kind of make their life a little easier and give them some advice with their own children because it's mm-hmm. it's scary as a parent. I have three young children of my own and right now none of them have alopecia, but I'm fully prepared for them to have it one day because it is hereditary and I can't imagine being a parent of a child with alopecia not knowing anything about it and how scary that must be for the parents. So I try my best to comfort those parents and tell them, you know what, it's going to be okay. They'll be their own person and they'll grow into it and they'll figure it all out eventually. And that's fantastic. The parents are reaching out to you to get some insight about what their child might be expecting. I think as a parent to any child, not just a child with alopecia, we could get that kind of bird's eye view. That would be a really great advantage. So as these parents were reaching out and you were coming out on social media and you were contributing your piece to the book, eventually it morphed into something even bigger. That is right. My current project is called The Helper Hair Box. And the way The Helper Hair Box got started, so I'd have parents reach out to me for support for their children And sometimes parents, if they didn't have a resource to get a wig for their child, so there are different organizations that provide free wigs for children. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a waiting list. Sometimes it takes a while. And some parents just, maybe they live in a remote place where those resources aren't available. They would reach out to me and maybe they couldn't afford a wig for their child. So I would personally donate a children's wig to them. And I would put little inspirational gifts and little inspirational messages inside the box with the wig saying like you're beautiful with or without hair and just cute little things to kind of take their mind off their hair loss but to remind them that they are beautiful and that's when I realized that there isn't really anything out there for children with hair loss or even for women with hair loss So the Helper Hair Box started as an idea for a subscription box. It is a seasonal subscription box for both women and children. So there's two different designs and two different boxes. The children's box is designed with a little bald girl on the front and her older sister or could be a friend holding her hand. And there's rainbows and and trees and hearts. And it's kind of like a coloring box that children can color. 
every box will have an inspirational book. It'll have some headscarves or hats, fun things for them to do. It might have some fun nail art, a craft, something to really lift their spirits and to help them with their hair loss. So they could wear a new fun headband to school. And some of the boxes, the children's boxes, I'm really encouraging them to love themselves the way they are. So I'm not encouraging any kind of helper hair in the boxes, only if it's really requested by the parents. And then the women's boxes, each box is custom to the woman. So some women are totally fine with their hair loss and they rock the bald life perfect and they don't want any kind of helper hair or anything like that. So their boxes will be geared to them. And then there's some women who they wear helper hair every day. So they'll have something in their box, like um, a half wig or a hat with hair or some kind of helper hair like that. Every season will have something different in it. It'll also include an adult book related to self-confidence or hair loss. I'm trying to get books that are written by people in our hair loss community to support each other and have those books in the boxes for people to read and have something inspirational to read. And then the women's boxes will also include um, some jewelry and some makeup, be some new things that they've never tried before in the hair loss industry. So something like a headline it, which is like a little, um, it's a little thing that goes inside a wig or a hat and it kind of keeps the sweat off your head. So some unique things that maybe you've never heard of or you've never tried or you want to try something. So it'll be filled with unique things like that. It'll be seasonal. So we'll have a winter, spring, summer, and fall box, and then maybe a holiday box as well as something special. The initiative behind the boxes is I really want to give back to our hair loss community, especially the children. So for every six boxes that are purchased, I'm donating a box to a child with hair loss. And then for every 12 boxes sold, I'm donating a wig to a child. So that's my way of giving back to our hair loss community, especially the children. So that is my Help for Hair Box project. That's awesome. When you feel driven and inspired and feel like you can share your gift in this way, and it just seems like a perfect fit for what you're envisioning, then that's just incredible. Sounds like you've really tapped into something that you would have wanted when you were a child. And I can completely understand that. Growing up with hair loss, like if I had something special that was just for me that arrived Mm -hmm at my doorstep, like it would be something to look forward to and like, oh, what am I getting this month? What's new for me this month that I can try? And kids like things that they can look forward to, even adults, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where that came from. And then I'll also have a Facebook group for the children who are getting the boxes so they can, they can find other kids like them and they can compare their stories and and things like that. So they don't feel so alone. I never really knew anybody with alopecia until I was in my 20s is the first time I met somebody else with alopecia. And it was a friend of a friend and it was a guy and he never wanted to talk about it, but I knew he had it. He just didn't want to talk about it. So it wasn't until really I came onto social media and that's when I really started to find other people with alopecia and I found groups and things like that. But I pretty much lived my alopecia journey pretty much on my own. I didn't have a, a support system of other people that were just like me. 
Oh, yeah. It makes such a difference when you have that in common, any commonality, really. And how can people find you on social media? Yeah. So for the Helper Hair Box, it's I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and it's just at Helper Hair Box. And then for my wig site, it's both Instagram and Facebook. It's Pretty Wigs to You. And then uh, the website for Helper Hair Box, it's helperhairbox.com. And the wig website is prettywigstoyou.com. I try and keep it simple. And yeah. <laughs> there's so many platforms these days. Perfect. And I will have all of those links in the show notes for everyone to reference later. And I know we are coming up on the deadline for your Kickstarter campaign. And unfortunately, this particular episode won't air before it's over. But let's talk about that and how that got started and how it's currently going. Yeah, so I had actually posted about my box idea in a Women Helping Women Entrepreneur Group. It was just an idea at that point. I had a lady reach out to me and she's like, you know what, you really need to put this on Kickstarter. And I'm like, I don't know anything about Kickstarter. I've never, like I've supported some other people's Kickstarter campaigns, like other author friends who have written books and I've Mm -hmm. purchased things through Kickstarter, but I didn't know the first thing about launching a campaign on Kickstarter. She's like, I've worked with a couple companies that I've been successful with on Kickstarter. I'm totally open to it. And the girl who actually helped me with it, her name is Giselle, and she does such amazing work. And she's the one that put everything on Kickstarter for me. She did all of this for me, and she's honestly the backbone to this project. So as of today, we are 50% funded on Kickstarter. The way Kickstarter works, it's a crowdfunding platform. So if you have an idea or a project or a product that you want to get funded, you can put it out to Kickstarter. You can put different rewards. So you kind of give a backstory about your product or idea. And then if somebody likes your idea, they can back it. And in return, they would get some kind of reward. So we've put um, the helper hair box on there and there's a couple rewards that they can get. Actually, a few people have been purchasing boxes and telling me to donate them to children. So I actually have a huge list of boxes that will be going out to children. So if this project gets backed uh, 100%, then I'm able to use all that money to purchase the items that go inside the boxes and I can use that money for the shipping and then the children get these boxes for free. About 24 days left and I'm confident it will get backed. So I'm going to be able to send those boxes out to children. Yeah. And we have such an incredibly supportive community when anything like this is going on. The LP shift community really does step up and help out. And when you get back to 100%, that is ideal, but people can also get backed up to 500%. So even when you get that 100, people can continue to donate to help get this project funded. I'm aiming for 100, but anything over 100% would just be the cherry on top. I love that you can ship for free also within Canada and the U.S. and that you also have an option for a fairly small shipping charge to Europe and beyond U.S.-Canadian borders. That's right. So for the European orders or Australia or anywhere overseas, there's just a small little shipping fee. I think it's around $10 or something like that just to help cover the cost to get it over there. Can you give us also an idea of what we're looking at for 
cost? I know that subscription boxes are just blowing up right now, especially in the middle of a pandemic. It's just so nice to offer something that people can get. Yeah. So right now, the the prices on Kickstarter for one single box, it's $49 Canadian. In When that converts to US, it's around $37 US, I believe. If you purchase more boxes, it's cheaper. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing all of that with us. And I will, again, put those social media links within the show notes and everybody can access those. And I'm super confident that you're going to be 100% backed minimum. It's awesome that you're following your passion and doing what you love to do to provide something that you didn't get when you were a child. Thanks again for being with us today, Heather. Oh, thank you so much for having me as well. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Alopecia Life. The Helper Hair Box was over 100% funded with Kickstarter, so Heather's mission to help others has been set in motion by the support of friends, family, and strangers within the alopecia community. To find Heather on social media, support the Helper Hair Box mission, or connect with her online, check out the show notes for all of those links. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.